0: loving a city an interview with father david troutman thank you for joining me for revival in my city for those who want to see their cities transformed by the power of god i hope this podcast will encourage equip and inspire as you pursue spiritual awakening in your own city This is Cynthia Bryan. I am happy to have Father David Troutman with me today. He's the rector of Trinity Anglican Church in Thomasville, Georgia. David, you have a heart for the city of Thomasville, and your congregation does too. I'm just really impressed as I get to know people in your church and see their love for the city. It's amazing. And I'm excited to get to talk to you today.
1: It's so good to be with you today, Cynthia.
0: for the city to develop.
1: That's a great question. I I had never visited Thomasville until I was being interviewed by the church, um, by Trinity Anglican Church here. And so I, um, I drove into town and my wife and I had gone to Florida State. Sorry if I offend any of your listeners, but I am a Seminole. And um, a bunch of our friends had come up to meet with us and have coffee. They said there's this great little coffee shop called Grassroots. And so we pulled in, we saw the brick-lined streets and all these cute little shops. And then we walked into Grassroots To meet our friends. And when I walked in the doors, I saw all this beautiful artwork on the walls in grassroots. And um, it made me realize. And initially, I started to have the sense that this isn't just a a a a lovable place, a place that you could love to live, but a lovely place, a place that cares about beauty and art, and um, and that's continued to be true. Where you see that people actually care about making a beautiful community. And I think as it's as I've lived here and as I've gotten to know um, folks in the community, one thing you really pick up on is that there is. Um, a really strong sense of community in Thomasville. People have long-term relationships. They know each other really well. Um, I remember sitting in a restaurant. It was my first week here. I just moved here, and someone came up to me and my wife and said, are you the new priest at Trinity Anglican Church? And I said, Yes, I am. I was like, are you a member of the congregation? They said, no. And I was like, you recognize me on site, but you're not a member of the congregation. That's pretty amazing, <laughs> my first week here. So it's a place where people have these um, these really authentic, real, long-term relationships. And that's very unique in our world today. Um, we live in a very fragmented and fractured society. But when you come to Thomasville, it's a place where there's a real beating heart of community. And our church is feels called to be a part of that. Um, to be a a place that's at the center of the community life of Thomasville. We love this city um, and and love. We find it to be lovable and lovely.
0: That's great. That's that's awesome. Um, Your church loves the community well. They love the people of Thomasville. Um, What are some things you all do to demonstrate that love?
1: One of the... um, you know, when you look at our building, um, our building was an abandoned sort of warehouse, multi-use, um, building that had been completely dilapidated. And, and one of the ways that we really felt called was to bring beauty into the heart of the city, into an area that had been neglected. And, um, it's one of the ways that we really wanted to demonstrate practically our love, um, for, for the city and to say that even where there's where it looks kind of run down and like ashes, God can spring up beauty out of it. Um, the other thing that, um, that we've done to, to show love to the city was, um, We The 4th of July, it seems like everyone in the surrounding area descends on Thomasville. Not this past 4th of July, unfortunately, because of COVID. But um, when I first arrived here, they kept talking about, oh, 4th of July, 4th of July. Everybody comes and there's thousands of people on our church property. They all gather right there. I, I know they used to go somewhere else, but now they come right to our church property. And so there were lay people in the church that said we should do something. We should do something to show these people that we love them and they're valuable to us. And so we um, we welcomed everybody onto our property. We were giving out you know snow cones and popcorn. We were giving build, um, ch- church building tours where people could walk through our building and see. Um, the transformation that had been brought, where there is beauty in what used to be not so lovely place. Um, and uh, I remember when we were giving out all this these you know snow cones and all cotton candy and all this other stuff, I was running around, you know kind of helping run the event. and a, a hand shot out from a little boy and he grabbed me, just tugged on my shirt. And uh, I turned and I said, "Yeah, what can I do for you?" And, and he said, he said, "Is all this free?" And I said, yeah, yeah, everything we're giving away, it's free. There's no charge. You don't have to pay, pay anything for it. It's all free. And he said, why? Why are you giving it away for free? <laughs> That's a very good question. And uh, I, said, I said, well, we're giving it away for free because as Christians, we know that God's love is free for us, that he has freely given us his love. And so we wanted all the people of Thomasville to know that God loves them and it doesn't cost anything. And that we wanted them to have that same sense of God's deep love for them that's free, that's free, that's always offered to you free of charge. That little boy, the next Sunday, by himself, rode his bike to our church service and came into our church service, attended our church service. He was riding his bike each Sunday for three Sundays. Then um, on the fourth Sunday, he brought his brother with him they attended for a couple Sundays, and then on the fifth or sixth Sunday or whatever, um, his mom came with him, and they're now members of our church. And what a sign of how God takes um, takes takes these little things that we do, little things like cotton candy and popcorn, I mean, no, not big things, little things, and uses them to draw people into community and into real relationship, both with him and with us.
0: That's so good. Yeah. And when you were talking about your location, I'm reminded mm-hmm. of like your congregation had a choice of where to build, mm-hmm. where to put place their church. And they chose like a part of downtown that was rundown mm-hmm. and invested in the community, in the downtown area, um, in, in a place that a lot of people would have rejected and gone to some, you know, uh, less expensive, safe place, you know, mm-hmm. out in the country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah on the no. outskirts of yeah. town yeah. Yeah, or People something. may not realize
1: this, but it's actually more expensive yes. to fix up an old building yes. than it is to build a new building. Yes. And, um, yeah, they really – and I, I want to just give credit where credit is due. I was not here for yeah. any of that. Um, yeah. This was the congregation. I mean, they yeah, went right. out there and hand-cleaned chipped mortar off of old bricks to yeah. reconstruct. And part of the vision was to take something that was – quite frankly, kind of ugly and yes. fallen in yeah. and dilapidated and yeah. bring beauty out yeah. of ashes. Yeah. And what a symbol that is. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a big part of what why we are where we are, is we wanted to say that God cares about this part of the city. Yes. You know, the part yes. that's been neglected and abandoned yeah. and wants to raise up and resurrect and revive yeah. and bring beauty out of ashes. Yeah. And so um yeah if you've never been to our building, love to give you a tour anytime, but it's just it's gorgeous inside yeah. and it's yeah. everything that's in it you know, was came from reclaimed. We have these beautiful heart pine floors. Yeah. All of that was from reclaimed lumber from within the building yeah. or trees wow. that have been knocked down. So it's just a cool way okay. to say to the community that God cares about even the places that others don't care yeah, about.
0: That's so good. And I'm just realizing that the um, revitalization that's taken place along that part of Jackson Street, like Trinity was one of the first places to invest in there. And then around you has become beautiful now.
1: Well, that's that's the incredible thing about yes. like, the amphitheater. It's just that whole area, that whole neighborhood has transformed. And it was because there were people in the congregation that had vision to say, We believe god cares about this and cares about making this beautiful and it it is incredible when you look at it i mean just i've only been here four years and that whole area has transformed over four years um, into really beautiful space where people love to gather yes Um, people from all walks of life love to gather yes
0: yeah yeah. that's really good so um i wanted to ask you about revival Mm. like how would you define revival
1: yeah, I think, you know, the simplest way that I define revival is just resurrection. That's what I I'm yeah. it's coming alive again, right? Mm-hmm. And so revival is when dead things come alive again, um, yeah. when they revive. And the way we use that term in the church is often to refer to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. because it's the spirit that makes us fully alive human yeah. beings. And so Um, You know, throughout the scriptures, um, the Holy Spirit is defined as sort of described as this wind or breath from God, this thing that gives life, this creative force. And so revival is when any time there's something that's been dead is made fully alive. Um, So you see this all throughout the great story of scripture, you know, God taking mud. Right. And breathing on it and making yeah. it a living human. Yeah. Or you see it, um, this uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, the valley of the dry bones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where the wind from God comes and makes these dry bones living beings. Um, and then most famously, you know, the best example of revival from the scriptures is the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is poured out that wind rushes through the upper upper room and the church explodes um, yeah. and spreads to every nation and so um i so if if i was going to give a succinct definition that's a very long uh, <laughs> yeah. rambling definition but a succinct definition of revival is when the spirit of god makes his people fully alive
0: oh yeah that's um, so good yeah. i like that um, so what would revival in a city look like? Mm. What, what would you expect if revival hit a city?
1: Yeah. Um, I think there's three things that are sort of characteristic marks of revival. When you look at the great revivals in church history all the way back, mm-hmm. the first is reconciliation. Um, mm-hmm. That the spirit, when the spirit shows up, it brings unity. Um, one of my heroes is Nicky Gumbel, who is a Mm. famous Anglican who started the Alpha Course. I don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, he says that um, what unites us as Christians is infinitely greater than what divides us. And when the spirit shows up, um, there's reconciliation Mm -hmm. um, between, um, not just between Christians, but between different races. Mm -hmm. Um, Every outpouring of the holy spirit has brought racial and ethnic reconciliation it's a beautiful thing um, to see that come about the second thing is justice Um, when there's revival um, the spirit brings truth things that Mm -hmm. were hidden in darkness come to light and so there's real justice and i think right now there's a hunger in our in our society for justice for righteousness to for things Mm -hmm. to be made right and then the third thing, the third marker that I thought of, and this is not exhaustive, but the third right. thing is is beauty, yeah. that yeah. when there's a revival, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there's these beautiful things that that um, spring up. There's mm-hmm. these works of art that spring up. Um, the spring, the Spirit brings new creation. It makes things new and fresh, right. and um, so you'll see this anytime there's been a revival. So you think about like the the you know, the Jesus movement, um, -hmm. that came out of the social upheaval of the sixties. There were these, you know, incredible like songs that were written that kind of characterized Mm -hmm. the Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. And, um, You know, right now we're in the midst of this pandemic and social upheaval, but I really believe so often social upheaval is followed by revival. So I'm actually excited about this next season. And um, I think the church needs to get ready because we are Mm -hmm. on the cusp of another revival where there will be, um, we're preparing preparing our people for for evangelism, for mission. Because what happens out of revival is as people are filled with the Holy Spirit, the gospel always goes out. That's what it does.
0: That gets me excited. <laughs> yeah, I have the same feeling, this this expectation of, mm. God, what are you about to do? Because, you know, like we're in this situation. I've read uh, revival history, and it's always seemed to be out of these times of desperation mm-hmm. that um, people cry out to God, and then He just moves in, in an amazing way. Yeah, um, we are
1: living in the beginning of Acts time. You know, you think about those disciples, they're in the upper room, closed off, <laughs> right. hiding away, terrified, yeah. afraid, uh, you know, of the Jewish leaders that just yes. crucified Jesus. Yeah. And what happens? Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes and blows the place open. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I think the Lord's doing. We've been all been quarantining in our house, hiding <laughs> right. out in fear. And yeah. um, and if we take this time to pray, to really seek the Lord, I believe that the Spirit will come and bring yeah. a revival to his church. Yeah. Um, and will come out not just stronger but um, change transform made new
0: yeah that that's so good um, so when we think about reconciliation and justice mm, and mm. beauty uh, how can a person an individual embrace those things
1: yeah uh, one of my favorite, um, Russian authors, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, um, has this great quote and I'm going to butcher it, I'll go back and edit this later, right. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get the quote, yeah. right. So, um, so he has this, his quote, uh, where he basically says, you know, if only, um, it were e- so easy that there were just evil people somewhere out there and we just had to separate them from the rest of us. Yeah. But, um, but the line dividing good and evil runs through the heart of every human being. Mm. And I think, you know, where revival has to start is it has to start with us and our own hearts. And, right. um, you know, reconciliation and justice and beauty, these things um, flow out of us. Jesus says, you know, we're not, we're not made unclean by what comes, you know, into us from the outside, but right. what comes out of us, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. and. I really believe that this time that we're in, if every individual Christian would take it seriously and say, "Lord, what is in my heart? Is there racism in my heart mm-hmm. that needs to be dealt with? Do yes. I need to repent? Mm-hmm. Are there are there hidden sins, things that I've hidden from others that I need mm-hmm. to repent of, um, that need to be brought into the light, so that mm-hmm. I am ready for what you have have in this in this new future that you're bringing?" Um, I think also. Uh, this is a very practical thing, but if we're going to expect um, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, if we're going to expect mission and evangelism to happen, we actually need to be trained in how to share our faith. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, it sounds like a yeah.
1: it sounds like a ridiculous thing, but have you actually practiced your testimony? sharing what God has done, the story of what God has done, because I think stories are powerful. The reason right. why you're doing this podcast is because stories are powerful, right? Right. right. Yes. And so learning how to tell the story of how God has rescued a new life, I think that's something every Christian has a responsibility to think through, be strategic mm-hmm. about, and start praying through and start praying, God, show me who you want me to share this with, who yes. I could share this with. How could I share this um, with another person. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think doing that work now Mm -hmm. makes us ready for this next season of revival. Um, being able to at any moment, you know, whether you're sitting in a bar or whether you're relaxing on the beach or wherever you are being ready to give an account for the hope that you have in the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, in season and out of season. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so good. Um, I know that uh, as I've been reading revival history, Mm. um, I previously had this impression that there had to be like a lot of people together in Mm. unity seeking the Lord. And I realized most of the time it was one or two people like really caught fire in the Mm. Lord, like Mm -hmm. really were touched by his presence, really pursued him. And revival broke out from, you know, an encounter one person had with God.
1: Yeah. 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 I just recently read a biography of Saint Francis of Assisi. Uh, yeah. And, you know, here's a guy who, you know, um, he was just a, a merchant. That's all he was. Yeah. His dad was a was a cloth merchant. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit got a hold of that guy yeah. and he changed nations. I mean, yes. he yeah. falling just by simply d- doing things that, you know, um, look very small, um, but he was completely and utterly devoted um, to the Lord, and he yeah. was very serious about prayer. And yeah. I think prayer is this is this key that yeah. aligns our hearts with with, with God's heart,
0: yes. and
1: it just brings all the power into mission and evangelism. Uh, I, do you know the story of the Moravians? I don't know if you ever yes, heard the story. Please yeah.
0: share it. Yeah, no, you,
1: you probably know <laughs> we it better than I do.
0: Talked about it on the podcast. Okay, so, cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a great story. But the Moravians. So the way that. basically, um, there was a count who, you know, had a place and the Moravians wanted to start seeking the Lord in deep prayer. And so they started praying 24-7, nonstop prayer, um, all gathered together in this castle of all places. (laughs) Um, Count Zinsendorf, I think his name was. And what happened is, is they just prayed and sought the Lord, prayed and sought the Lord. And out of that um, missionaries, there was a missionary explosion out of that that went all over the world. The Moravians actually sold themselves into slavery so that they wow. could go to unreached lands yeah, because the only that, way you could get there was as a slave. And so yeah. they said, okay, we'll sell ourselves as slaves so that we can go preach the gospel there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is, this is part of the unity thing too, is it was Moravians um, that basically converted um, John and Charles Wesley who were Anglican priests who started the Methodist movement, which is now the Methodist church. Um, And all of that came out of the Moravians who were, had this genuine love for Jesus and a connection with the Holy spirit that came out of doing 24 seven prayer. And then just, Sent uh sent sparks flying all over the world. And that's what yes. the Holy Spirit does. It's like when the fire when it looks like the fire is dying out and there's just little coals, mm-hmm. the, the Holy Spirit is like a leaf blower. How have you ever done this experiment? <laughs> yeah. You blow it on there and just sparks everywhere, yes. you know? Yeah. Um and that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the Holy Spirit does on the church. Um, even when we're in very dark times um, yeah. where it doesn't look like there's a lot of hope.
0: Community is so powerful. I mean, there there have been times when I've known, like, mm. or, or people I know I'm in community with, you know. And then um, I'm trying to wrap my head around what that looks like in the body of Christ in a city. You mm. know, like how to get to know people in other um, uh, bodies of believers, you know, other churches. Like how okay. to come into community within a city
1: yeah I, I think that's that's and it, it will take the work of the Holy Spirit I mean mm-hmm. one of the sad parts of the saddest thing about church history is that we have found almost a seemingly Infinite number of reasons to divide ourselves from each other. Mm-hmm. But let's not yeah. be deceived. There is only one body of Christ.
0: Right. There
1: is only one church. Yes. We might have yeah. different buildings and gather right. at different times yes. and look different and, you know, do things in a different way. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm an Anglican, so we do things very oddly, particularly <laughs> here in South Georgia. I wear a dress on Sundays, you know. Um, so um, we call it a robe, but, you know, it's a dress. And uh, so we do things very differently. And we found all these reasons to divide it. And that just grieves. The heart of Jesus. Yeah. And what I would say is, you know, like what, what I said from Nikki Gumble, you know, what unites us as Christians is infinitely greater than what divides right. us. And I think if yeah. we could say, like, if you are a Christian, you are my brother
0: yes. and my sister. You know, yes.
1: Jesus had this great, great line when he was, he was meeting with his disciples and his mom and his brothers um, came to get him because uh, they they thought he'd gone crazy, and they were trying to get him to go home. <laughs> and so he's inside with his disciples, and um, and the disciples say, "Your mom and brothers are outside. They want you to come out." And uh, and he said, "Who are my mother and brothers and sisters?" And he said, "You know, these are my mother and brothers and sisters; those who do do the will of my father." Yeah. And um, and that's such a powerful reframing mm-hmm. of of what family is. And if mm-hmm. I think if each Christian looked at you know, if a white Christian looked at a black Christian Thomasville and said, what unites us is infinitely greater than what divides us. What a powerful yes. thing. And I, I'm very blessed. I have, uh, I've made friends with some black pastors here in town. And I gotta tell you, that's some of the richest relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because we weren't meant to be divided. Um, right. You know, when you read Revelation, the image of what the church will look like is people of every tribe, tongue, and nation joined together in a single act of praise and our worship is lacking when it doesn't look like that.
0: Yeah.
1: It's we wow. our, our our worship on Sundays is partial. It's incomplete. Yeah. You know, yes. it is grievous to the heart of God that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that grieves the heart of God. And and I think um, when we can come together, where we can partner with each other, we should do so. Um, yeah. And we, it's going to take hard work. There's going to be hard conversations. Yeah. But if we, if we learn to listen the way that Jesus listened to people, if we can ask questions, really listening for the answer, if we can mm-hmm. be fully present to people,
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: that we, there's a lot of hope for that. And I've seen it. I've seen mm-hmm. the power of relationship to overcome those divides, those sad divides that we've mm-hmm. constructed. And I, but it's gotta be work of the Holy spirit. I mean, like we need help. We are yes. sinful. We and are Um, We yeah. are, you know, the, the devil has distorted our minds and hearts and it, it makes relationship across the race divide. Um, people of different socioeconomic status. Um, it makes it so difficult. Um, because we've 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 been distorted by the devil, but God's Spirit can help show those things and bring them into the light, so they can be healed and made yeah. whole. Yeah. Um,
0: and I I love too that like any individual can make a step toward reconciliation, even between races. Like mm-hmm. take the step to get to know someone. Yeah. Um, invite people into your home to um, break bread together. Yes, yeah. is, is powerful.
1: It, it is so powerful. And I feel like, you know, I think what I often hear and, and you know, I'll, I'm just going to be very honest. My congregation is predominantly white. And what I hear from them is they long to have relationships with other people, people of other races and, yeah. and, and um, they just don't know how. Yeah. And so I guess what I want to say to your listeners out there is, <laughs> You know, what you just said, I just want to emphasize that you can take one step. So start by by trying to make one friend from somebody that, that looks different. To you have lunch with them, you know, yeah. and, and really start to try to build a relationship. Learn, you know, learn to see things through their eyes. Try to walk in their shoes as much as you can. And um, Jesus was great at this. He was constantly crossing um barriers he was leading you know think about the samaritan woman at the well right? right he goes to her she's giving him all these reasons why they can't be in relationship and what does jesus do he just kind of sidesteps around those and keeps on asking your yeah. questions and yeah. uh, keeps on loving her and staying in relationship with her um, you see it when he leads his uh his disciples into tire Sidon, this like enemy gentile territory yeah. he was constantly pushing his disciples out of their comfort zone we need to be courageous and take a step and yeah. even tell people you know i I really want to try to have more diverse friendships and I'm working on that. We could transform the old divides um, so easily um, just by taking that first step. Yeah. It, it would, it would have a ripple effect yeah. through the generations.
0: I think that's so good. And I think right now in the environment that, um, that people are willing to get out of their comfort zone and, and develop relationships. Yeah, Like we, we've got to do something. We, we have to be part of the change.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think part of like having all of our relationships stripped away from us in this time of <laughs> isolation, we're like, okay, we really, we'll have a relationship with anybody. <laughs> you know? And um, and that's the hardest thing is like pushing us out of our bubble and yes, getting us yeah. outside of our bubble because it, it is hard. We're, our whole culture is set up in categories and kind of make us bubble I don't know <laughs> if that's a word, but you know, like, where we just kind of stay in our little, <laughs> yeah. um, with all people who look like us and act like us and talk like us. And yeah. uh, Jesus, man, you'd be hard pressed to find a more diverse group of people that Jesus hung out with. Yeah. Uh, he, he hung out with Pharisees and tax collectors and he hung out with prostitutes. I mean, yeah. he was yeah. hanging out with everybody. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and so let's be more like Jesus. Let's right. be more like Jesus and less like the standard American.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Mm. So um, how could people get in touch with you if they wanted to follow up with you?
1: Um, so the best way to get in touch with me is to go to our website, TrinityThomasville.com, and there's a way you can contact me on the website. Um, you're also welcome to just email me at david at trinitythomasville.com. I'd love to hear from you. You know, we have a real heart for reaching the city. One of the things I do is theology on tap at Hubs and Hops, but a way for the gospel is public square. You know, Jesus hung out at parties, and so that's another way we we where you could connect with me more personally, um, or on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. But um but these are things that we try to do do out in the community things like theology on yeah. tap and some of our the art outreach that we do
0: yeah okay very good and uh would you pray for our listeners um expect that there are people listening that want revival in their cities and so mm-hmm. if you could pray for us all
1: yeah i'd, okay. I'd be honored come holy spirit come lord jesus Father, we thank you that every time we call upon the Holy Spirit, every time we invite the Holy Spirit to come, you are faithful to give us the Holy Spirit. That you are a loving Father who delights to give us. And so I just pray over everyone who's hearing my words right now that they would be filled with God's Holy Spirit, revived that you might pour out revival in our city of Thomasville and in each city where these disciples have been placed. Come and blow your Holy Spirit power on them. Bring your truth, bring your justice, bring reconciliation, bring the beauty of your kingdom on this earth, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, David, for joining me in this.
1: Oh, it's so great to be with you, Cynthia. It was just a real delight and fun.
0: Thanks for listening to Revival in My City. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, review, or email me at Cynthia at revivalinmycity.com. I hope you will join me in praying. Lord, may your kingdom come, may your will be done in my city as it is in heaven.